0: Live from Studio Sixty Seven in Florida's Capital County, it's time to be Fackish.
1: Access granted.
0: Good evening, good people of Florida. Welcome back to another episode of Fackish. My name is Analyst Jared. I have got uh, Analyst Sarah calling in from afar today. She's feeling a little under the weather. Uh, hopefully that's not a HIPAA violation, but uh, Sarah, how you feeling? <laughs>
1: I'm feeling just all right this week, Jared. Thanks for... You just you here. just couldn't
0: stay away, though, could you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't stay away. My favorite thing to do is podcasting every <laughs> week.
0: Well, we are lucky to have you. Uh, It is week six, end of week six of session. We have got 21 days left, uh, but who is counting? And we are fully in the swing of amendment season. Uh, A lot of bills are starting to kind of take a new shape uh, as committee substitutes are getting passed. So we will jump right into things, starting with uh, the Agland preemption that moved in both chambers this week. Uh, On the House side, that is HB 1343. Uh, by Representative Tuck, and that passed the House Ways and Means Committee, as well as SB 1184 uh, by Senator Collins, which passed in Senate Finance and Tax. So initially, the House version prohibited all special assessments on any land classified as ag land. Under the latest version, the House version has carved out Uh, special assessments that are bonded or pledged for debt service. Uh, Meanwhile, the Senate version now prohibits all special assessments on ag lands, as the House initially did. The Revenue Estimating Conference took a look at this bill and adopted an estimate of about $24 million for a local impact uh, for this particular section. Uh, In addition to that uh, preemption on special assessments, the bill also specifies that the construction or installation of housing for migrant farm workers there are a lot of migrant farm workers in the state that must be authorized uh on land zone for agricultural use by a local government sarah kicking it over to you all
1: right we also had residential tenancies by representative s Pesito moving this week and heard in a draft committee which was House Judiciary. Remember this bill preempts local governments from any regulation of the landlord tenant relationship and it includes the screening process, security deposits, rental agreements, terms and conditions, bill of rights, fees charged by landlords, and notice requirements a number of counties actively requires varying degrees of notice before rent increases or termination of a tenancy. So there's a lot of concern about that. However, there was an amendment that was adopted by Representative Overdorf that revised the notice period for terminating a tenancy to no less than 30 days or more than 60 days from the tenant or the landlord. The Senate Companion, SB 1586 by Senator Trumbull, still waits to be
0: heard in Senate roll. Moving on, HB 235, Alternative Mobility Funding Systems by Representative Robinson, got a new look this week as it passed its second House committee. Uh, the bill initially would have done away with the county's authority to charge impact fees beyond the statutory limits with a demonstration of extraordinary impact. Uh, In other words, if, if, you know, population is growing by, you know, X amount more than the state rate, uh, considered to be extraordinary, they would be allowed to charge um, extraordinary impact fees. That language is now gone in the newest committee substitute, uh, so this thing is trending in the right direction. However, there still is some problematic language uh, that would allow only the local government approving a building permit to charge for those transportation impacts within their jurisdiction. Now, the permitting local government still must collect and account for these extra juris- jurisdictional impacts, but there's no real clarity or guidance within the bill on how these impacts should be determined or allocated to other jurisdictions. Uh, so in other words, you know, you, you might have a county road system that sort of transcends municipal boundaries, and if the municipal government is the permitting authority, they would be the only ones charging these impact fees who knows, you know, what share of that actually ends up where it needs to go within that county road system. Uh, so fact did oppose that this week and will continue to do so in its current form.
1: And before we move on to our community and urban affairs section, I believe we had one more preemption that was up and that is actually moving vacation rentals. If you want to talk about that one a little bit, Jared.
0: Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Uh, this is obviously a familiar face. We've seen this a couple times over the last few years, and it is once again back. This bill passed 13 to 10, so a relatively close vote for a, a committee vote. Um, but this, this bill would preempt uh, all regulation of advertising platforms to the state. Uh, it would allow local governments to charge a registration fee of vacation rentals, uh, but it's not to exceed $50 uh, for an individual registration, or 100 for a collective registration. Uh, so, you know, kind of a nominal fee. We think that in certain collective circumstances, particularly, uh, that is just simply not enough to offset the administrative costs associated with it.
1: Yes, and I know the Senate companion by Senator Distigli was placed on the agenda for the Senate Approach Committee on Ad Environment, and General Government on Tuesday. So that is definitely moving on both sides this year. And next up, we have a big one that is HB 439, Land Use and Development Regulations by Representative McLean. That was heard in its second committee, House Commerce, and passed favorably. You'll recall last week, the Senate companion, S. SB 1604 was heard and passed, and there was a delete everything that dialed back some things that were in the bill that also happened in the House version this week. Remember, the original bill impacted the Community Planning Act, urban definitions. However, that amendment took out urban sprawl and urban area definitions. It retains the language regarding the increased length of required planning periods from a 10-year period and a 20-year period. Current law is a 5 and 10-year. The bill in Section 4, which is what FAC is most concerned about, removes the ability of local governments to require certain building design elements to a single-family or two-family dwelling located in a planned unit development or a master plan community. The bill also limits the application of those elements in communities with a design review board or architectural review board a board before january 1st 2020 back expressed our concerns around this language in committee this week this exception in current law allows counties to maintain the desired character of some of these master communities such as southwood here in leon county so that bill will head to its last committee stop in house state affairs the senate companion is on the agenda next Wednesday in Senate Rules. And we have Cal working very hard on that bill this year. Next up, we had agricultural and rural affairs bills, a big one, HB 1379, environmental protections by reps overdoors and steel, that was heard in its second committee stop. This is the Department of Environmental Protection overhaul this session. Remember, the bill makes significant changes to the on-site sewage treatment and disposable system siting process, changes the wastewater grant program, updates the comprehensive plan capital improvement element, and establishes the Indian River Lagoon Protection Program. The bill is very long, so please visit. We have a huge sheet on our website that has the full description of the bill and lists everything that it does. The bill passed unanimously. It has one more committee stop, and it is to be heard on Monday, April 17th, in House Infrastructure Strategies. And the Senate Companion 1532 by Senator Broder is also on the agenda to be heard next Tuesday. So both these bills are moving. And then last up from me, we had HB 1209, which is the Department of economic opportunity bills that fact has supported this session it passed unanimously and its second committee stop remember this bill changes that um, makes changes benefiting rural economic developments including removes the match requirements around the Regional Rural Development Grant Program, removes the requirement for local governments and private businesses to make any financial or in-kind commitments to the regional organization. It alters the Rural Infrastructure Fund. and allows DEO to award grants for up to 75% of the total infrastructure project, which is an increase from the original 50%. And does a lot of other changes within the Florida Development Financial Corporation, the Triumph Gulf Coast, and the Everglades Restoration Agricultural Community Employment Training Program. You can find all of this in our legislative bulletin this week. And, again, these bills are up next week. This House version is up in House Commerce on Monday. And the Senate comparable bills, there's two, SB 1664 by Senator Hooper and SB 1482 by Senator Simon are both to be heard and Senate Appropriations Committee on Transportation, Tourism, and Economic Development on Tuesday morning.
0: Thank you, Sarah. You were really on a roll there. Uh, I guess I will bring us home now. Representative McFarland's HB745, that's the E911 package, kind of revises how the composition of the board, as well as some uh, distributions of some of their revenues. Uh, That passed House Commerce this week, and it is now onto the House floor, more specifically as to what the bill does. uh, It modifies the composition of that E911 board. It also renames it to the Emergency Communications Board. Uh, Now, under current law, the board has 10 appointees by the governor, uh, five of whom are county folks. And this would reduce that number to eight and four, respectively. Uh, In addition to that, voice communications service providers charge a fee to their subscribers, which is then placed into the Emergency Communications System Fund. That's then distributed out to counties, uh, among other... Organizations um, and currently counties receive 76% of the wireless category of voice communication services. That's under current law. This bill, uh, this bill would increase that amount to 95%. So FAC has been supporting this bill, uh, and we send good wishes, Rep. McFarland's way, as she is on maternity leave. She has been an absolute trooper this entire session. So you know, hopefully, we can bring this bill home for her. <laughs> And last but not least, uh, the Ways and Means Committee passed their annual tax package. Um, That is going to be HB 7063 going forward. It had a PCB title initially. Um, The bill includes a handful of sales tax exemptions uh, for, let's say, private investigative services, incontinence products, uh, renewable natural gas machinery. Uh, baby and toddler products, as well as a couple sales tax holidays for disaster preparedness and back to school. Uh, There's also Freedom Summer, uh, which provides a sales tax holiday for specified recreational activities um, between Memorial Day and Labor Day. Uh, There's also a sales tax exemption for gas ranges and cooktops, oral hygiene products, uh, tools, uh, and a couple other things. Uh, These are all the ones that specifically hit counties' uh, revenues. Now, we, we kind of crunched the numbers ourselves here at FAC, uh, and we derived a $170 million impact on county revenues uh, from these you know, various exemptions and holidays. Now, this, this particular section did not actually have an impact uh, at the REC, um, but it also includes a rate freeze of the local communication services tax uh, until 2026. Um, so it's not taking anything away. It just says that counties cannot add any new CST. Um, levies until 2026. I think that just about wraps us up, Sarah, uh, unless you have anything else to add.
1: I think that wraps us up for the week and I can begin my quote. Let them have it. As always, it's not the critic who tells not the person who points out. How the strong person stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better, the credit belongs to the person who's actually in the arena. And we will be in the arena the last three weeks here Session. It's about to ramp up hard. There's about to be amendments, and we need everyone, you know, paying attention and involved and helping us through these next few weeks for sure.
0: Well said, Sarah. You focus on feeling better in the meantime, and everybody else, have a great weekend.